Okay, so today's daf is Nun Zayin in uh, Pesachim. We're going to, Bezor Hashem, conclude the parak. It's a very short second amud because they just have the completion of the uh, of the parak. They were short. So we read in the Mishnah about how the people of Yericho, they used to leave Pe'ah, they used to leave a corner of the field for Yerachot, also mm-hmm. for uh, for vegetables. So even though technically that is not uh, halachically required, in fact, it's problematic because if you give pe'ah, the pe'ah that is given out, that the, that the poor people collect, they don't separate the other trumot and masrot from it because it's pe'ah. Pe'ah does, is, in, is tax, uh, tax exempt. So if you give pe'ah from something that doesn't really require pe'ah, but it requires the other things, so then you're not giving the uh, correct matanot from the, uh, from the item. So don't the people of Yericho know the Mishnah? This is a well-known Mishnah in Masechet Pe'ah, actually. Um... Klal amruba pe'ah, that's a rule in pe'ah, that koshu ochel, it has to be first of all food. It's going to explain what each of these things means, but for pe'ah to be required, you first of all has to be edible, or, or not just edible, but something that's, that's intended for food, v'nishmaru, and something that is protected, meaning it has to be something that the person, that belongs to somebody who cares about it, v'gidlo minaretz, and it has to be something that grows out of the ground, and it's something that is collected all at once, meaning it has a season where you harvest it and that's it for the year. Uh, and it's something that you bring in and it lasts for a while it doesn't uh, immediately spoil so such a thing is uh, obligated in pe'ah uh, now it's going to explain what is each one of these requirements these are two types of items that are used for dyeing clothes they're not used for eating okay so meaning those would not be subject to pe'ah you don't have to leave pe'ah from things that are used only for dye and not for um, not for eating v'nishmar what does nishmar mean that means if you if something is abandoned as hefker and somebody else picks it up they don't have to leave somebody abandons their, sector, their field as hefker then the person who comes and takes it they don't have to uh, leave pe'ah from that field yeah uh, what grows out of the ground, that's to exclude truffles and mushrooms. The mushrooms, they grow uh, from the moisture of the air. They don't actually grow out of roots in the ground, so they are not included in That excludes figs. Figs are, you know, have multiple seasons. You gather part of the figs from the tree, then a little bit later more, and a little bit later more. So that's not included in Pe'ah, because it has to be something that the Anim will come and they will collect all at once. Uh, from the field, the machnisol kiyum, something that you keep for a long time. But the eric that is to exclude the vegetables. Vegetables don't last for a long time. Vegetables, you buy them, and you know a few days later you have to use them, or they spoil, they rot. This is also like mushrooms. It's also another type of a fungus. Yeah, it's another type of fungus. Yeah. So it says. Uh, so it says we're talking here about rashele fatot. We're talking about the uh, the um, leaves. Of the lefet, of the turnip, okay? Yeah, so it says, The question is, when you bring something that you that is that is kept, Now, there's two interpretations of what this means. Either it means that it's something that is kept, meaning together with something else. I mean, you don't bring them in for their own, uh, for themselves, but you bring them in for the uh, for something else. Right, so most of our machzor came al yedei davarches shmekiyum, most of our lo shmekiyum. But the the pshat that seems to be the best, the, the easiest to understand, is that what it means is that uh, that it requires a preservative. Okay, it's like uh, if you look in the perush uh, here of uh, uh, Rabbeinu Hanan El, I believe he writes that he says they're kvushin. In other words, yeah, meaning that in order to in order to preserve them. 
Uh, in order for them to be able to be kept a long time, they need some kind of, to be put in some kind of a uh, some kind of an agent to keep them uh, right. So so uh, so they do last a long time, but they last a long time only al through something else, right? So the turnip itself would last a long time, but since they are, uh, but the leaves of the turnip would spoil uh, unless they are pickled or whatever, and that would allow them to be uh, to become machnisol. That's machnisol kiyum al Okay, in the beginning, they used to give peah from lefet and kruv. Lefet is turnip, and kruv is cabbage. Rabbi Yossi Omer, after kaflot, kaflot is uh, is leek. Okay, so Rabbi Yossi says also for uh, for leek. That this then another bright that says they would give for lefet for turnip. And also for uh, leek, but and Rabbi Shimon Omer Aflakuv, and Rabbi Shimon says uh, also for cabbage. So it sounds like we have uh, multiple opinions here because we have an opinion that says for uh, turnip and for cabbage only, and then Rabbi Yossi says even for leek, which seems to be mean all three, and then another bride says no, only for turnip and for leek, but it doesn't mention the uh, it doesn't mention there the uh, uh, cabbage and then Rabbi Shimon says even for cabbage so how many opinions do we actually have here is the question so so does it mean that we actually have three opinions here because Rabbi Shimon is saying that you give for lefet and kaflot and kruf you give for the uh, turnip and for the cabbage and also for the uh, and also for the leek and that's exactly what Rabbi Yossi said in the first bright up. But then you have the Tanakhama of the first bright that says only turnips and cabbage, and the Tanakhama of the second bright says only turnips and leek, not cabbage. Right. So so it seems like you have three different opinions. Right. So it says no. This really only two opinions. The Tanakhama of Rabbi Shimon, I know Rabbi Yossi. The Tanakhama of Rabbi Shimon is Rabbi Yossi. The Tanakhama of Rabbi Yossi, I know Rabbi Shimon. In other words, really, what we have is only two opinions. Uh, and umay af akamaita. What does he mean when he says af at the end? Af the kuv. He means about the first one. In other words, what it means to say is that what you actually have here is. Only two opinions, Rabbi Yossi's opinion and Rabbi Shimon's opinion. Rabbi Shimon's opinion is that you give for all three. And that's actually, this, uh, and, and, um, and the Tanakama of, uh, of Rabbi Yossi, I'm sorry, yeah, Rabbi Yossi says you give, Aflakaflot, you give, um, you, you're going to give not only for the, um, not only for the the lefet and the kruv, not only for the uh, the turnip and the uh, cabbage, but also for the leek. He says aflukafot that that means all three, right? And then in the in the second brayta, in the second brayta, where it says only for um, only for le- only for turnip and for leek, and Rabbi Shimon says even for the cabbage. So the Gemara explains that there's really only two opinions operating here. Okay, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon's opinion. And uh, and so Rashi actually explains that he spells it out here. He says Tanakamadri Rabbi Shimon who Rabbi Yossi. Okay, the Tanakamadri Rabbi Yossi who Rabbi Shimon. That the Tanakama of each is the other one. Meaning to say Umay after Kamitrofayu Akamaita the Tanakamad didu kaimi. Dainu alefet the Kamar Tanakamad Rabbi Yossi la levet vilakruv. That the Tanakama of Rabbi Yossi said that you give for the turnip and also for the cabbage. V'kamali Rabbi Yossi aflukaflot. He says kemol alefet, aval lekuv lo. In other words, Rabbi Yossi is not adding on. He's not saying you do all three. Rabbi Yossi is saying instead of kruv that the, my, that my Tanakama said. Because what did Tanakama Rabbi Yossi say? He said you give for lefet and kruv, and Rabbi Yossi says no. Only for leek is really what he meant. He was correcting him. In other words, only leek. 
and turnip, according to Rabbi Yossi. And according to the Tanakhama of Rabbi Yossi, it's, it's actually um, turnip and cabbage, okay? And the Tanakh of Rabbi Shimon also says this, he says that what you give is for the leek and the, and the turnip, which is like what Rabbi Yossi says. And Rabbi Shimon says, right? But not for kaflot. In other words, what it's saying is that neither of them are saying all three, right? They're not really saying all three. They're really substituting. That's what it means. Af means akamaita. Af means um, af means to substitute one, not to add one. So therefore, Rabbi Rabbi um, the Tanakama of Rabbi Yossi, who says turnip and cabbage, that's actually what Rabbi Shimon says later when he says af he means tur- he means cabbage together with the turnip, but not the kaflot. And Rabbi Yossi, who says the kaflot, he says af kaflot, he means af kaflot and not for the cabbage. Okay, so there's really only two opinions: either you have turnip and uh, and uh, uh, together with um, together with leek. Or, according to Rabbi Shimon, you have cabbage together with leek. But you don't have all three, according to anybody. So you really only have two opinions about this. There was a person in Ben Bo'ayan, and he gave pe'ah from his vegetables. And he saw that the, the poor people were standing outside, and they were standing outside holding vegetables. They were standing like right outside the garden. and they were car- and So his father came and saw that he had given pe'ah to these poor people. And he said to them, Banai, my sons, don't, don't worry, put aside the pe'ah that you received, and I'm going to give you double in properly tithed produce. In other words, what was the problem? The problem was, like we said before, that if you give pe'ah from something that doesn't really require pe'ah, that means that you didn't take out the other types of ma'aser that are supposed to be taken out. Right? You thought it was tax exempt. It wasn't tax exempt. He says, no, no, give me that back. I'm going to take proper ma'aser and give you even more. But I need to take the proper ma'aser from it because it was erroneously interpreted as pe'ah. Not because I am cheap. Not because I am a kamtan. That because because the rabbi said that we don't give uh, pe'ah from the um, from the green vegetables. Okay, so therefore I need to take the maser and then I give it back to you. Why do you have to say not because I'm cheap? Why do you say that? Because because otherwise they would be afraid to give it back. They would think he's trying to cheat them. You know, oh, yeah, give it back to me. I'll give you something better. You know, but really he doesn't mean it. So that's why he first said, you know, not because I don't want to give you. I do want to give you. I just want to give it to you properly, so please return it. In the beginning, what they used to do was leave the, 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 the Kohanim are entitled to the um, skins from most korbanot that are brought. For example, the korban ola that's brought by an individual. An individual brings a korban ola or even brings a, uh, even if he brings a chatat ve'asham. So these, these skins of these various korbanot are taken by the Kohanim who were on duty that day. Okay, the Ashamot, the Chataot, the, the Olot, all of these, the Kohanim get to take the skin, right? So what they used to do was they would leave all of the skins in one room called the Beit Parva. It's one of the chambers in the Beit HaMikdash. So then in the evening, everybody would split it up. No, they, I guess they cleaned it off and they, by the evening they would take it. They have to tan it anyway. They have to do Ibu, Ibud and clean it. Yeah, would yeah they have a, a chamber they would leave it just for that they know that, now what happened was that you had already you always had the the the, the mishmar of kohanim you had one group of kohanim out of the twenty four okay. on each week 
And of that one Mishmaf Kohanim, each day of the week, except for Shabbat where everybody participated, but each day of the regular week, you would have only one family, one Bet'av. So each, so if on Sunday your Bet'av is working, so maybe there are less Korbanot that day. I don't know why, right? So then, too bad for you. You get whatever comes in that day. And then Monday, that Bet'av that's on Monday, they get whatever came in that day and so on. Right? So they would take the skins. But the problem was that the tough guys of the family want to take all of it. They, 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 they wanted to take Right. So they said, you know what? Let's just do it once a week. Let's collect it once a week. That that way all of the different days will come together. And everyone will But it was even worse because when you have a smaller group, so certain tough guys will elbow in. But when you have a bigger group, then just the important people come in and just take everything. You know, it's tough guys from the Kohanim. Yeah, from the Kohanim. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Meaning they would, they would, they would dominate, right? So what ended up happening was that the owners just said, you know what? When they would have the, the, the skins, they said, we're giving this as hekdesh. We're not letting the Kohanim take it. Now that's, that's the interpretation of some. Some people say that it means the owners would do that. Okay, but the Rashi says, no, it means that the Kohanim themselves said, this is a bad situation, it's an ugly situation. We are hereby going to de- give all of the orot that we're given, they're going to be for Hekadesh. They're not going to be for us. We're giving them to the Beit HaMikdash, we're not taking it because it's causing fights. We don't want it. Right, so, but they don't want it. They said, we're not, we don't want the fighting, so we're giving it to Beit HaMikdash. Okay. So, <laughs> if you think it was cheap, those skins, no. In a few days, in a short time, there's so much money accumulated for the Beit HaMikdash that, that they put, um, like, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, tablets of gold in the entire Hechal, meaning the whole thing was overlaid with the gold uh, tablets from that. Right? One Amma by one Amma, Kovid Dinar Zav. And it was, you know, pretty thick. Thick, large plates of gold around the entire Hechal from the money from that. Right? And it says, And when, on the holidays, when all the Jewish people would come, they would fold up these things and show them. They would put it on an elevated thing in the Harabait, on the Temple Mount. And so they would say that there was see that there was such beautiful art work that they did, and you know that there was no defect in the work, the beautiful work. In other words, they did that in order to show, look where the money is going. You know, we're we're doing a good job. We want to show you the uh, what we produced from here. But then, so eventually. Um, it, it sounds like this was a, only a temporary measure. Eventually, they went back to giving the skins to the Kohanim, but during the time that they didn't give the skins to the Kohanim and they gave it to the Beit HaMikdash, a huge amount of money accumulated. So you see why people were fighting over it. It was really valuable. It shows you it was really valuable. But it was a kind of, of uh, income for them. Yeah, but they, they were fighting over it, so they lost it. That was the point. What? They have tons of other income. They eat all the meat of the Korbanot. They get Truma all the time. They get everything. This was just extra. Okay. Yeah, there's extra. So people were fighting over. There was no that, way to come and d- divide it in a more. They kept manner. trying to do it, but the people kept fighting. So they decided to get out of the problem. Not even, even if you do uh, something like this, like they didn't. At least you're going to give an yeah. equal share. I guess chance. they. I guess they didn't for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. Yeah. This goes back to the uh, trunks of the trees that the people of Yericho had donated, right? So we learned already that the people of Yericho, they, um, that we saw in the previous daf, that the ancestors 
consecrated the trunks of the trees. So the descendants said, oh, that was only the trunks of the trees, but the branches, we could take them and everything. And the rabbis didn't like that. Here it's saying, why did they come to consecrate the trees? Because people were coming and stealing the trees because they were very valuable. The wood was very valuable. So they said, you know what? They might be willing to steal from a person, but they're not going to be willing to steal from Hashem. So we're going to say this goes along to the Beit HaMikdash. They're more scared. Right? Uh, and in a similar way, Abba Shaul ben Botnit said in the name of Abba Yosef ben Hanin, Oili mi beit baitos, Oili me alatan, that woe is to me from the house of baitos, and woe is to me from their, from their aggression, from their, uh, from their uh, uh, violence. In other words, he's talking about these different families of Kohanim that were very aggressive. And uh, he was a Kohen Gadol, baitos was a Kohen Gadol, and his servants would go and smack people so she says, Alata means maklotehen. They would go smack people and steal, you know, they would bully the people, right? And it said, Oile mi bet chanin. Woe is to me from the house of chanin. Oile mi lechishatan. They would whisper, meaning they would plot all kinds of bad things against their enemies, these, uh, these people. And Oile mi bet katros. Oile mi kol musan. Their pen that they would go and they would write evil things. Yeah, these were all Kohanim. They would write bad letters and get people in trouble, their enemies in trouble. Their fist, they would punch people, right? So he says, all of these people, because they have a monopoly on the situation, okay? They have a... Yeah, it's like a mafia. They were the Kohanim Dolim. Their children were Gizbarim. They were the treasurers. Were the Amarkalin, they were the people who were the administrators. And the, and then the and then they would um they had servants who would terrorize the people, beat them up. So they had like a mafia going on. So these people were very bad. Kohanim. Now there were time there were uh four cries that the Azara that the courtyard of the Beit Magdash made. The first one was Vishonat Umikan Bne Eli. The first one is against the sons of Eli in the times of Shemuel that were uh, disgracing the Avodat Hashem. He was a very famous, very famous story, right? That he honored himself, but he disgraced the Korbanot. He didn't want to get his hands dirty. So yeah, it's going to come soon, don't worry. So they put the silk, he put silk gloves, you know, he didn't want to uh, touch the messy avodah, you know, the messy blood. So he, uh, he put on that. And also the Azra said, uh, Open the gates. He is the student of Pinchas. Interestingly, just before it mentioned him and it sounded like he was a tough guy, but um, here it's saying positive. Let him serve as a Kohen Gadol. Also the Azara cried out, Whoever that is, we're not really exactly sure, but he's a student of Pankai, whoever that is. Let him fill his belly from the Korbanot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would, he would eat uh, 300 agalim, 300 calves, uh, and he would drink 
300 barrels of wine, and then he would have 40 sa'a of, uh, like, um, of birds, you know, for the dessert. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, obviously, but the idea, but Rashi says also it's talking about his whole family. It doesn't mean he himself ate that much, but he was talking about his family, meaning that he would feast a lot, so since his family was Kohanim, they would make sure, they said, that during that time, there was never any leftover korbanot because they always ate. Yeah, he liked to eat, right? So that's good. My salka baby Isachar Ishkvar Barkai. So what happened to this Isachar Ishkvar Barkai? This kohen. It's a famous story. Amrei Malkav So one time the king and the queen were having an argument. Okay, of the it's Rashi says Malchei Bet Chashmonai. These were Chashmonai. They were arguing. Malka Amar Gadiyaye. The king said, you know, the best is having a nice uh, 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 goat. A young goat is the best kind of a meat. And the Malketamra, Imrayae, she said, no, 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 a sheep is a better, uh, a better type of a food. Amru, they said, man mochach, who will know? Kohen Gadol, the Gamasik Gorbanot Kol Yoma. Right? The, he, the Kohen Gadol will definitely know what is better, a sheep or a goat. So let's ask him. So what do they do? Right? Because he does. The Kamasik Gorbanot Kol Yoma, he's doing Gorbanot every day, he's going to know. So Ata Ihu. So who did they? Who came? Who came was this Yisachar Ishkvar Barkai. This uh, this Kohen that was the very proper Kohen. He put gloves. You know, he didn't want to touch anything. So he, this Kohen came and they asked him, "What do you think?" So he he Achvebiade. He he did a dismissive gesture with his hand like this, like ah, you know. And he said, "Igadiaya a." If it were true that a young goat was so good. Then So then why doesn't the Torah say that you should have that for Koban Tamid? The Torah says for Koban Tamid, you have a sheep, not a goat. So why so if a goat is better, why would it why would Torah say to have a sheep? And that's against what the king said, because the king said, I think that having an, a young goat is better. And he's saying, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. He did it with his hand like this. Right? So they so what happened? Amar Malka, the king said, Ho il since this guy doesn't have any fear of the king, let's cut off his right hand. Did he know who said what? No, I don't think so. I don't think he so. No, he was just being dismissed. Maybe he did. Maybe they said, I say this, she says this, but he did it. It wasn't what he answered that they're saying was bad. It was the way he said, ah, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Just, you know, like it was, you know, he's being arrogant. In front of the king. Right? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So Yahav Shochad, he gave Shochad, he bribed the, the, the hand chopper. Because he didn't want his hand, right hand to be cut off. <laughs> so he was willing to cut off his left hand instead of his right hand. But the thing was, Shama Malka. Right yeah, he want, yeah, he wanted to be able to continue. But then he heard, but then the king heard that he did that. Oh my God. So he lost both of them. Right, so so he lost both. So then Amar of Yosef, Blessed is Hashem who was kind to him and took his punishment in this world instead of the next world. In other words, he took such a bad punishment now that he won't be punished in the next world. So he got whatever he was supposed to get here. Amar of she says, You know this Yisachar Yisachar Barakai didn't even know the Mishnah. He didn't know anything. He was ignorant. That's not because it says in the Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Kvasim Kodmila Izim, Bechol Makom. In fact, this Mishnah is, um, you know, is a, is, is you know, sh- he should have known it. Right? It said that Rabbi Sh- if he was a, t- if he was the Kohen Gadol, he should have known a basic Mishnah. So it says, we learned this Mishnah actually in Masachet uh, Kretot. It says, Kvasim Kodmila Izim, Bechol Makom. Because it says that, um, that, uh, that, uh, um, that, 
always in the Torah it mentions sheep before goats, right? Maybe you'll think it's because um, they are the best, because therefore the sheep are the best, right? Which was what he was saying, because this Yishkvar was saying that uh, you could tell that sheep are the best because you bring them for Korban Tamid, right? So, so it's good proof. It says, no, it's not true. There's one case where it switches the order. When it comes to Korban Chatat, it switches it, and it first mentions a goat and then a sheep. Right, so it says you milamet shishneim shkulin kechad. You see from that that there's no difference between the two. Okay, so Rashi Rashi explains. He says um, he says kan hikdim zirale kivsa. Right, so when it came to the uh, when it comes to the um, uh, oh, actually no, that's the next one. I think right. Mm-hmm. That's the next one. This is for the previous one. But the point is that in every other case, in most cases, it always puts a sheep first. But one time it puts a sheep second. Okay, why does it put a sheep second? To show you that they're not. There's not really a difference. So it's not true what he said that one is better than the other. Okay, the Torah doesn't take a position on it. Is basically the point, right? Ravina, he didn't even read psukim. He didn't even read the Torah. Forget about the Mishnah that specifically says that the reason why in one case the order is switched is to tell you that neither one is better than the other. He doesn't even need that. He didn't even read the Torah because you see that in the case of Chatat, it's which it tells you uh, a, a goat before a keves. And Rashi explains. He says, When when it comes to Korban Chatat, it mentions goat before sheep. Right? So the, um, so the, uh, no, that is the previous one, right? That is the previous one. No? What is the first one? The first Pasuk is from where? Hold on. The first pasuk is in case of chatat. No, it's chatat. The first one is chatat, right? The first one is chatat, right? That is right. Yeah. So, in other words, what Rabbi Shimon was saying that they switch the or- the Torah switches the order in that case to show you that they're the same, and he says he didn't even read the pasuk because it says im keves im ez, because and that's talking about shlamim, I think. No. That's the, se- the last one yeah, that he yeah. mentions. It's not, uh, yeah, it's because it can't be, because it's talking about ez, not, it, yes. right. So there, so gabe shlamim. In other words, he says that over, by shlamim, you see that it gives you both options, and that neither one is better than the other one. And so, uh, and, and, and over there, even though Kevis is mentioned first, but they're both considered totally equal. They're both considered, you know, equal to one another. So according, so basically Rabbi Shimon says in the Mishnah that from the fact that in every case Kevis comes before Ez, the sheep come before a goat, and then in one case goat is mentioned before sheep, in the case of Chatat, so you see from that that Torah is telling you that they're both really equal. You shouldn't make any uh, decision about it. According to uh, Ravina, you can even go further. Look at the way the Torah teach, treats a Korban Shlamim. It gives you both options totally equal to each other. So what difference does it make what order they're written in the Torah? Just the fact that the Torah gives you both options as equal shows you that neither one is better than the other one. And uh, and therefore, he didn't even know that uh, basic uh, idea. Exactly, yeah, right, yeah. Ah, so th- I think that's part of the point, right? So, I, right, I, no, I think that's part of the point. In other words, the, that he was saying that, that you, you could see that Yisachar, this Kohen Gadol, really didn't understand anything about Korbanot. Like, Hashem is asking you to bring Korban, which one is tastier? Right, the king, the king and the queen are arguing what tastes better. That's not relevant to korbanot. Hashem doesn't eat the korban. It's not something based on how whether it's tasty or not. In Hashem's eyes, all of his creatures, it's equal. It doesn't make oh this this one is uh, 
more, this one is less, this one is tastier, this one is tasty. It doesn't go like that. So I think that was the whole idea, that he was interpreting the Torah's like, and selecting a keves as a korban tamid is, oh, it must be a more delicious thing. No, it has nothing to do with that. You see that the Torah sometimes says, uh, 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 it, like Rabbi Shimon says, sometimes it switches the order. It says, and says goat instead of a, a sheep. And sometimes it tells you they're both equal. You could choose either one. So obviously there's no preference based on any kind of, oh, this one tastes better, this one is uh, b- better meat. No, it just has to do with the fact that these are different species and Hashem, you know, decided in some cases to bring one, some case the other one. And that's how that's actually in the, the, the first part of the um, uh, of the uh, of the Masechet in a way at this point um, is is considered to be like ha- a, a, almost a different Masechet from now on because everything up till now really dealt with the holiday of Pesach separate from the Korban Pesach and then starting in the next parak it starts talking about Korban Pesach and the subjects related to that, and then only in the last parak we go down, we go back once again to talk about the seder, which is kind of tying everything together because you eat the Pesach Korban Pesach at the seder, so everything kind of comes full circle again in the last parak. But now we sort of we we shift into the next parak uh, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. They all have to do with the Korban Pesach now. So we had four prakim not about the Korban Pesach, four prakim about the Korban Pesach, and then we're going to have. Um, we're going to have a, uh, you know, a final, uh, or five prakim actually about the Korban Pesach, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, five. And then the last one will be about the, uh, about the Seder itself. Rabbi,